0: And good evening once again. Welcome to Branco Broadcast. My name is Bob Branco. We're very pleased this evening to have a teacher of the visually impaired to talk to us, Jared Kitchen. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce you and then you can talk about what you are doing. And then we'll ask you questions when you're done. Welcome to the show there, Jared.
1: Thank you very much, Bob. And uh just want to say thanks for having me on. And special thanks to Steve for connecting us. Um, thankful to be able to to uh, talk to you guys tonight um, so as Bob said, I am a teacher of students with vision impairments. Uh, I am in my second year of full time teaching. I did a little paraprofessional work before that uh, with a blind student um, for a couple months so i I am legally blind myself. I'm about 2200. So just at the cutoff line of the definition of legal blindness. And I was born that way. Um, I have a disorder called optic nerve atrophy. I also have a brother who has the same um, diagnosis. And he was diagnosed, he's four years older than me. And what I just wanted to say was he was diagnosed while he was in school, and then when they found out that he had something, they checked me, and sure enough, I had it as well. And my mother said something to the effect of it was like being dropped on another planet because it was such a experience she didn't know anything about. And later, she ended up getting her master's in low vision rehabilitation um, just because she wanted to learn more and be able to help and my oldest sister she also got her undergrad in vision studies and is now a teacher of the visually impaired too so I have a lot of support uh, and about three or four years ago I decided I wanted I was working in publishing for um, the company Pearson they do educational textbooks and I decided I wanted to make a career change so Uh, A lot of people had encouraged me to become a teacher, and I looked into becoming a regular classroom teacher, but after taking a couple courses, I decided it wasn't for me, and then I decided to go to UMass to become a teacher of the visually impaired. Um, So I finished my degree a couple years ago, and I was teaching for the Carroll Center last year, and right now I am contracted through UMass Boston, and I'm working at an inclusion school. In the Boston Public School District, um, and it's been a really interesting experience. Um, I've worked with students who have who are completely blind to students who have better vision than myself, and I can say that my experience growing up, I had a teacher of the visually impaired pretty much when I was in elementary school, maybe once or twice a month, but I didn't really have one in middle school or high school, Um, so I don't really remember too much of my time with those teachers, but I think that my experience being a visually impaired student is helping me um, kind of understand a little bit more of what the student is going through. Of course, every student is different and has different needs, Um, and One of my goals teaching is to learn from them and be able to pass that one to other students and to myself. I think I'm learning just as much from my students as hopefully they're learning from me. So it's a give and take, and um, it's been an interesting experience so far. I'm learning a lot about new technology that's available. I know somebody on the phone listening mentioned – JAWS, and I've had to really kind of hone in on my JAWS skills so I could teach that to a senior um, this year who's going to be going to college next year. Uh, I'm a Zoom text user myself, so that's been uh, interesting because there's a student at my school who's learning it. I'm not actually teaching her. There's another teacher teaching her, and they come to me often and ask me how to do things. So It's been helpful to be a user of these technologies. Um, I also have a CCTV at home that I use, and I use a Ruby, if you guys know what that is. Or it's a handheld CCTV, I guess, is how it would be described. Um, So right now I'm teaching two students how to – one student to read Braille. The other one is semi-proficient in Braille, and the other one I'm – um, teaching who he actually can't he's in fifth grade and he's got some other issues and he's not able to actually read so I'm kind of teaching him how to read and read braille and it's that's been a fascinating experience and I actually use a smart braille or I don't know if anybody uses that but having the audio feedback for some of these kids is really helpful um, for them to be motivated and to get a night. Eye- kind of the approval that they are looking for when they're um, learning the different contractions and and that kind of thing. So um, I actually got to work at the Carroll Center too in the rehab program as a overnight shift supervisor and that's how I met Steve while he was at the program and many other people that I learned a lot from, and that was a really great experience for me, um, while I was going to school to be able to kind of have worked with some people who are, um, visually impaired and, um, kind of be able to, um, learn from them and figure out what they were looking for and what they needed, um. I'm planning on going back to school in the summer to get my orientation and mobility um, certification so I could potentially do some teaching of mobility. Um, So I guess that's kind of how I got involved and where I'm at right now with things. And I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know it will be very interesting. It's a very small field, so you get to meet a lot of people, and you get to, uh, there's just a lot of great opportunities, I think. Um, I've got to do some summer camps with kids through the Carroll Center and do things like kayaking and uh, going on hikes and just doing a lot of different activities, which has been a lot of fun to to see. Um, I think it's a really cool experience when kids who are visually impaired, and they might be the only visually impaired kid in their school, they get together and meet other visually impaired students, and they can relate to one another, and it's really fun to see them, and see them go out into the community, and try new things, and I'm always happy to be part of that, and I look forward to hopefully doing some more of that along the way, um, so I, I guess that's really about it, um, I don't know if you want me to talk about anything specific or if there are certain questions that I can answer.
0: I have a question up the top, Jared. Based on your presentation, it occurs to me that you don't teach a class, that you teach private lessons because everybody's in different grades. Am I correct? And also, what subjects do you teach specifically?
1: Right. That's a good question. So I go in and um, the school district has me come in and work with their students throughout the day, depending on what their need is. So I might see a student um, for an hour a week. Um, so the plan would be to meet them during a study hall or an elective class that might not be uh, as big a burden if they were missing, such as math. Uh, so it's so,
0: freelance.
1: Well, I'm contracted by UMass Boston. So there are people who do it freelance, but some districts have their own teacher, the visually impaired. So they will work. So my sister, for instance, works for the town of Auburn, and they might have five students that she sees on a regular basis. So she's an employee of um, Auburn, and she's just a, you know, like a specialized teacher. Um, and the the subjects that we end up teaching are – It's called the Expanded Core Curriculum, and that would be things like life skills, braille, mobility, um, social skills, um, self-advocacy skills, college readiness if they're in high school. Um, And then the other thing is what we do is – sorry, I guess I didn't fully explain the role, but We also, not only do we work with the student, but we really also support the teachers because this might be their first time working with a visually impaired student, and they might not quite know how to navigate that. So we'll come in and maybe we'll modify some of the curriculum so the students can access it. Um, I mean, we might work with the teachers on thinking of maybe tactile ways of presenting For instance, the student that I'm working with now is learning about fractions, and we're trying to come up with different tactile ways to show that, you know, one-half is equal to two-fourths, or um, and really trying to use different, um, I guess, different modifications to help the student. Um, And another aspect of the job is also kind of supporting the parents, who also might you know this is a new thing for them having a child with a vision impairment in school and we try to you know be there for them and help them support them through how they can work with their kids at home and how they can just um be confident that the student is getting a good education while they're in school so that's those are some of the different things
0: Before I turn it over to others, I just have one more uh, question to ask you and to run by you. I am a member of the Massachusetts Commission for the Blind Consumer Advisory Council here in Region 5. And during one of our meetings, it was brought to our attention that the federal government only allows one school in Massachusetts to produce mobility instructors through training. Would that be UMass Boston if that's true?
1: Um, UMass Boston is where people go. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's any other
0: schools. There. there seems to be speculation that they are the only school in Massachusetts that is allowed to teach
1: not potential okay. teachers
0: of mobility.
1: Okay, I I don't know about the
0: you know, because how? of the
1: federal funding. That's why. Yeah, yeah, that they do get a grant from the state to, um, so. The courses for the students are extremely cheap. So, as well, and then you end up having to work in the state for a certain amount of time to pay off the the grant. But that would make sense to me. And really, there are not that many universities in the country that specialize in um, teachers of the visually impaired and mobility. I can think of maybe five or five off the top of my head. Um so UMass is definitely one of the one of the leading ones I would say.
2: Very good. Yes, I have some questions for you, Jared. Uh are you familiar with Perkins and the resources they have for uh, visually impaired students in and around the uh Boston area? I am.
1: Yes. So I actually live in Boston. And so I'm pretty familiar. I've actually worked in their outreach program at Perkins. Um, So I've been connected with some people there. And um, the teachers in Boston end up doing professional development at Perkins. So we know a little bit. I mean, there's it would be great to continue to learn more because I know they have so many resources. Um, I know the Perkins Library, Bard, and... um, just because yes, what i
2: was going to say is that they have developed a program for newly blinded children that work with parents to uh, not do as much sheltering of a blind yeah. child and allow a blind child to develop normally yeah. they all yeah. like you were saying they have a lot of outreach they work with yeah. a lot of the guidance departments and resource uh, teachers in and around Boston and are there as a, um, a as a resource as well for young blind students going on to mm-hmm. university. Um, the other thing that, I, uh, by the way, I, I'm an instructor myself. I've been teaching oh, okay. for just about 50 years. I'm totally <laughs> blind. I teach university, high school, and middle school here in Vermont. Um, Are you also familiar with Killington Mountain? They have an adaptive sports program. So I
1: have one of my students did do the adaptive skiing program. I don't know through Perkins, so I'm not sure if that's. One no,
2: it, it's probably the one. not the same one. But okay. this, they do have adaptive ski for downhill and cross country, and okay. even through all four seasons, they have wow. uh, trips that uh, trained uh, people. We'll take them on uh, hikes up and down the mountain. They'll go camping, kayaking, canoeing, cool. uh anything students, luge. They even have people from the um, U.S. ski team that will work with luge and various and the sundry other things. There's also uh skydiving uh, <laughs> for blind individuals that would like to wow. do it, rafting, all kinds of other programs, and it's a great resource. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a blind skydiver myself, and wow. I recommend it to any.
3: <laughs> Take a job. Hey. Well, that's great. Hey. I don't Keep think I'll be doing yourself, that, but Alan. don't <laughs> recommend to anybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think I'll do that. I wouldn't do that. I'm afraid.
2: <laughs> so well, I I applaud you. I'm glad you're doing that kind of work. Uh, I, I I I teach a normal classroom, but from time to okay. time I get all. Disabilities coming through from deaf sure. to physically impaired, wheelchair, blind, um, everything. So I too have a master's in special ed, and I'm now working on a second master's in special ed. But I also have a teaching degree plus my PhD in in my uh, specialized uh, chosen field. So you're it. you're never through with your education. <laughs> yeah. So it feels that way. That's for sure. And Jared, so, appreciate good luck to you, uh, and
1: I wish you well. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh yeah. Jared.
3: You sound like a very interesting young man, and looks like that you are a good teacher. Uh, where did you go to <laughs> school yourself at university level?
1: Uh, where did I go to
3: undergrad? Yes,
1: uh, I went to a school called Gordon College. It's on. It's in the North Shore, in, um, near Salem, I guess.
3: Ah. Uh. So what did you study undergraduate?
1: In my undergrad, I did communication. Um, okay. um, yeah, okay. so I kind of wanted to yeah, I kind of started out thinking more along the lines of journalism and mm-hmm. that kind of, of field and um, mm-hmm. went into publishing, but kind of didn't feel like I was necessarily using some of my gifts and and I thought maybe teaching might be a better place. So. Mm-hmm. And, and I think one thing I just wanted to say that I think it was Alan brought up is kind of how – how one thing that I'm trying to learn how to do is how to teach the students how to not do everything for them because that's a lot yeah. of times what happens when the teacher leaves the classroom that everybody kind of does everything for them. The teacher visually mm-hmm. impaired leaves, and I'm trying to reinforce, like, these kids need to be able to learn how to – if they drop something, find it or um, just kind of – Sometimes you are gonna bump into walls if you're not using your cane properly mm-hmm. and things like that. So that's I think
3: how long, uh, how long ago were you teaching at the Carroll Center?
1: Um so I was there I was working there last year as a as a um itinerant teacher. So I was working in the district in Lexington.
3: Oh. And did you do you like working at the Carroll Center?
1: Uh yeah, it's a great place. Every, I I like um I think they are a great organization. They they've got their kind of hands in everything, which I think is great to have the rehab program for adults and the and the education side for students, um mm-hmm. student aged. They do the K9 walk and it seems like they've got a lot of great um I, the, a lot of technology stuff. I think they just have a really great finger on the pulse of what's going on in, in the vision world, I would say.
3: Absolutely. How, how old are you, Jared? I am 35. Oh, okay, great. Now, didn't you think that Boston College also one of the great schools for uh, orientation mobility? Because for years and years, Boston College was mm-hmm. the leading authority.
1: So the program was at Boston College, and then it ended up moving to UMass. Boston oh.
3: at some point. I, I don't know
1: when, but a lot of my teachers or a lot of my mentors in the field got their degrees at Boston College, and at mm-hmm. some point it moved to UMass Boston. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, that's right. Awesome. Well, uh, you sound like you a very interesting fellow, and obviously a good teacher. So I wish you good <laughs> luck. You explained it very it. well. Sure.
1: Thank you very much. Excuse sure, me. Sure. Yep.
0: Done that next.
4: Okay, Jared, did you, before it closed, did you ever, uh, tour the, uh, Fresno, what used to be the Waltree Fernald State School in Waltham?
1: Um, I, I have never been there. I think I know what you're talking about, but I had never, uh, been there, no.
0: Alright, uh, anybody else?
5: Uh, yes, I have a question, Bob. Alright, Don. Yeah, okay, yeah, this is Don from Worcester Mass. Uh, oh, nice. Very nice. Right, right, Central Mass. Uh you mentioned a smart brailer. Uh is that one that you talk to? Um
2: it talks
1: uh, how to does you.
5: that work? So, it looks
1: like a regular Perkins brailer, but it right. actually has a little screen on it. So, if the student is typing. The teacher can see what they're actually typing. It will convert it into. Oh, I see. Print.
5: Oh, okay. And yeah.
1: it. will speak what you're typing too.
5: Oh, uh, oh, okay. Because I've never seen one. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah. Why I ask? Yeah. Yeah. How much oh, do okay, they I'm cost, mad. Jared? Sorry. <coughs> How, How much, much do they cost? My trailer cost
1: oh. in case someone wants to buy one. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I'm guessing a lot of money. We get. Yeah. From, <laughs> over the federal quota so that's a good good question yeah i Uh think that's a little high but (laughs) yeah segue
0: into another question that i just thought about jared (laughs) being that you're in this profession what are your thoughts about the high cost of adaptive products for blind people
1: yeah um it's a little bit frustrating i think when um we want to get certain products for a student that's really going to benefit them and the cost is just too much. I know there are some companies that are working to really make cheaper material, uh, things, yeah. but there's the cameras and all the technology that goes in. It's just a lot of money now. I, there's something, I think it's called the Prodigy that's come, it either came out last year or it's coming I've out. Seen that. And, yeah, it's like yeah. a tablet. It's like a big mm-hmm. tablet, and it mm-hmm. also kind of acts as a CCTV and mm-hmm. also uh, like a distance. It can also do distance. So mm-hmm. uh it's a really neat product, and it is cheaper. Um, and we students, if they're part of the uh, – I think they have to be part of the Commission for the Blind, but they can get mm-hmm. federal quota money, which uh, each student has a certain amount of money that we can order materials for them for, mm-hmm. and sometimes you can get some – Technology that way, but if you were ha have to get them with your own money it's i i do feel that pain um my I was able to get my c c t v through the commission so but I know that a lot of these things do cost lot than I am yeah Jared
6: uh, I thought it was great at the carroll center um when you showed me the North end and all that and that to teach me grade 2 Braille. And, hey, who knows, after you get your mobility, they we need a mobility instructor in Region 5, so it would be a pleasure to work with you in the future. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, congratulations. Uh, you know, I, I think it's wonderful that you went into that. And we kind of were – I was leaving the Carroll Center, and you were going into special ed. It was, it was just so awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's been a, a good road, I would yeah. say. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: Jared, one more question. Sure, uh, sure. I know a friend of mine who is an engineer told me uh, a couple of months ago, and he said that there are being tested on some of the computers, and they're going to come up with pretty soon. There will be a talking computer that with the voice command, you can do just about anything. You don't even have to type or, uh, yeah. or go. With it. Uh, what do you know about that?
1: Um, well, I don't know all that much. The type of things, technology that I would teach in that realm would be like probably what you already know, and like voiceover and um, for the Apple products. Right on. But I will say we at MIT in particular, mm-hmm. there's so much research going on for technology for visually impaired that every time mm-hmm. I... This, a friend will send me an article or something about mm. something they heard about and that people are doing. And uh, it's just incredible. There's, I don't know, mm. things that connect to your finger and you can touch uh, yeah. uh, like a wall that has print on it and it will read mm. what it says. And it's just uh, there's just so much that they're working on right now that mm. um, is really exciting to see. All the well, the races. only
0: thing is, Jared, as fabulous as this technology mm-hmm. is, and we hear about it yeah. every day, the Google glasses, the, yeah. the mobility shoes, all these yeah. wonderful things that are supposed to make yeah. life so easy for the blind, it costs an arm and a leg, the blind
1: can't buy yeah. it. That's true. <laughs> That's true, I, I, yeah. There is a certain there's right. a disconnect, yeah
6: yeah Jared um was you were you always twenty two hundred and do they think your vision's gonna get worse?' Because you said atrophy usually means to me it sounds like it's gonna get worse, but I don't know anything about your condition
1: so um my, mine shouldn't get any worse because oh, um it pretty much i actually had an interesting conversation I had an eye appointment on Saturday, and mm-hmm. the doctor was telling me that usually optic nerve atrophy really shows up at age three, so uh-huh. I, didn't, I had not done that, um, so after that, it's pretty much stable from, from the time that it happens, because now how,
6: when, when you, yeah, when you went through college, how much, how much difficulty did you have with the visual, you know, presentations yeah. and all that, that's kind of rough, yeah. huh?
1: Sure, I think the classes that I struggle with most were math and stuff, oh, yeah. because yeah, to <laughs> the board and really mm-hmm. explaining the process of how to do certain right. formulas and things visually, and
2: I'm also a yep.
1: learner, so. Jared, mm-hmm. kind of I uh, I have optic atrophy
0: also, and oh, I, I didn't have know a that. special sight from birth mm-hmm. till about age 25, and then yeah. over a 10-year period, I lost most, if not all, of my remaining sight, and it's from optic optic atrophy. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, yeah. Karen, I
7: think you had a question. Yes, you did. Yes, I have a question. Um, and it may not be something that your school is thinking about, but um, I know we've all been discussing the fact that, you know, all this technology costs money and everything. Are blind students ever being taught low-tech skills such as using a regular Perkins Brailler or even – I don't know. I know they still make them. So, um, slate and, mm-hmm. slate and styluses. Because I um, use one and I you, find it uh, real handy.
1: Wow. Um, yes. Um, in, at UMass, we were taught how to use a slate and stylus. Now, I don't I'm know I'm to, to that because, yeah.
7: you know, even if they just, um, take notes of something, they will yeah. light and, uh, they even that's have right, notebooks. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah that's, that's true. Paper in it.
1: Yeah, so we definitely, like, the two students I'm teaching Braille now, we use, I use a Perkins Brailler with them. So, those He's are right. definitely still popular. Uhm, Slayton Stylus is, you really have to know Braille well, I think, to be able oh, to Oh, yes, use you one do. Yep.
7: Yeah, that the, you do. But, um, uh, but did, you um, know back in the days before they had Braillers, that's all uh, yeah. student had, I think, uh, was the Slayton Stylus that went on.
1: Yeah. It's right. very,
4: very old style mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very impressive. Steve? Steve? No, not Steve, uh, Jared. Yes. Were you, uh, were born from, uh, Boston originally, or were you from, uh, so, where were you from
1: originally? Uh, I was actually born in Maine. I'll oh, you were Maine? When, yeah, when I was three, What part
7: of Maine? When, uh, what part of Maine? Uh,
1: Portland. I was oh, cool. Portland <laughs> I have uh, a stepdaughter my,
7: who lives in northern Maine. I was born in
1: Maine too. <laughs> okay. My my mother's side of the family is north lives north of Bangor still. But oh. um when I was about three we moved to Pennsylvania and I ended up and there's a there was a really great school in Philadelphia, the Orobrook, oh, yes. School of
4: Oklahoma. what part of, of Pennsylvania did you live?
1: Uh Quakertown area. Quakertown. Area, oh yeah, area K.
4: Allentown. Area. It's closer to Allentown than it is to Mm -hmm. Philadelphia.
1: That's right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wow. So then I I ended up going to high school in New Jersey. So.
6: Oh okay. Now, when you did your communications, where did you go to school for that? I take that from college. Oh okay. So you did that for a long time, right? The publishing stuff and the
1: you know. Uh yeah, I I kind of did different jobs here and there.
7: Mm.
6: So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: great.
7: Jared, this is
1: Lauren. What part of New Jersey did you go to school? Because that's where I am. Oh, really? Uh, so I was from North <coughs> Jersey. Um, oh, okay. Outside of Patterson.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, near Wayne. I don't know. If... Where oh, okay. Where are you from? In there.
7: I am from um, the um, well, a little little town called Milltown. That's right outside. Um, New Brunswick and then I moved down to South Brunswick and then I'm now in Lawrenceville which is right between Princeton
5: and Trenton very
7: nice very nice Mm
5: -hmm.
0: anybody else? Mm. yeah
7: Oh uh, yes, I've got one more question. Sure. Um, we I know you help kids learn braille. Do you ever uh-huh. help the blind kids with their math skills at
1: all? Uh yep yep that's the another thing I, yep I try to um, focus on different I um the abacus we use the abacus to. Oh those are that's, not, a, that's uh, great tool. Yeah I was going to yeah. ask you if you use that yeah yeah and Great is always learning
7: math it really is
1: yeah yeah it is and there's a lot of the American printing house for the blind makes a lot of interesting um educational material that helps teach different math skills in pretty much every subject mm-hmm. so I end up using a lot of their uh material.
0: Yeah, we learned the abacus of Perkins
7: too. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, we learned it. We finally learned it because it was developed in the early 60s, and we oh, okay. finally learned how to use it, and I yeah. finally got the hang of it.
6: I still have an old yeah. abacus laying around. Now.
7: I have I one somewhere. I know where it is, but I put some went somewhere. Uh,
5: yeah, I yeah. still have an abacus. Yeah, I still have an abacus as well. I made one um, in Woodstock,
6: too, so that
7: was yeah.
5: cool. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, and it was oh. great. I don't know if you people know this, but. Uh, mm. uh, there's a trick that i learned at perkins uh mm. if the beads get slippery uh which sometimes they do and they
6: yeah.
5: uh you know they slide too easily okay mm. uh, i was taught that um uh, you submerge your abacus in water uh, uh, really? uh, uh, uh for a mm. short time and then you take it out and then it you know, eventually dries, of course.
6: i
0: know how that works. The
5: only works. thing that's slippery, if you put it in water, that neutralizes the, uh,
0: ah. uh well, what's the word I want to use?
5: Uh, a kelp, that melt material. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, but
5: what it's supposed to do, it's supposed to make the beads, uh, stiffer. Uh, ah. uh Which is cool, oh. you know.
2: Harder
4: to
1: move a I've heard
5: yeah. of that. Bye. Right,
1: that's right. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. Thank you. <laughs>
5: Yeah, I don't think it does any damage to it, uh. I don't think I'm, it does. I
6: doubt.
7: excuse me. One
4: lines. time that I accidentally, it, abacus uh, fell in my into the turtle, then I got it out.
7: Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's what
4: it's
7: doing. Jeffrey is starting to sound like Glenn.
4: <laughs> or Alan.
7: Yeah. No,
4: but I mean, this is accidentally, uh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I never no, said. You know, but Glenn
7: was talk, always say, talking about that. Mm-hmm. No, up. but I, I never I
4: mentioned this because I, you know, I never I never mentioned it anyone.
7: Oh, things can happen by oh, accident. No, you're going to go viral. Everything? Oh yeah.
5: Oh yeah. People drop their cell phones in the toilet too. Yeah. do you have any aspirations
0: for yourself moving forward?
1: Um, aspirations? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I think my aspirations are to continue to, I think, serve the population that I feel connected to and part of a community. Um, And I think it would be, you know, continue to teach, but also to listen to you guys who are saying things like technology is too expensive and try to make sure that the right people hear this information and that we can Mm – everybody's communicating in a way that is helpful instead of people's here.
0: how do we get the right people to listen? I mean, on one hand, Jared, everybody's promoting this wonderful stuff, this beautiful technology. Like I brought up the Google glasses and and these shoes with GPSs on them to help you with mobility. All of these are wonderful items. It's going to make the lives of the blind a whole lot easier. Yeah, but but folks, when you guys, and I don't mean you guys, but people yeah. in general promote these products,
2: when they promote, they say everything but the price. Because I think yeah. deep down they
3: know what it would
0: mean if the price came out. But what they don't understand is the price will come out eventually.
6: Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, but look at smartphones. It's... Are- are, are getting cheaper and it is, it is the price is a big problem though especially with new stuff yes yeah I mean even a brailler is still expensive
7: they're ridiculously expensive yeah.
6: but you well, can't them get them
7: repaired in Massachusetts for free
6: oh yeah braille writers write. you can get them repaired the free in
7: Massachusetts mm-hmm. yeah send them to the library yeah. they'll send you a loaner and yeah. you get you get your brailler back
1: yeah I'd like that, that, one that, time once you got them
4: but sometimes if you're out of state and you don't and you have to send it to Perkins Products, it can cost you a hundred. Yeah, yeah. Just don't
7: what?
4: go to Rhode Island. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Anywhere but Massachusetts. Like if, um, unless there's somebody, like if I need mine, I could send mine to the New Mexico school for the blind at no cost. Since you
7: got an athlete. Not, Products that prepare Braille is. What I think that's in Ohio. Iowa? No, Ackley's in Iowa. Oh, okay.
4: And I don't think that, I think he went went out of business or it was a selected doctor
7: Recently, they just listed it, um, and, um, I, I, they listed places that did Braille and Ackley was still listed.
4: Yeah, because a selective doctor is out of business. So Jared,
7: that's the yeah. list of Jeff.
4: Do you hear from oh, anyone? There's no more.
6: The Center let's with us, guys. Jared, let's get back to Jared. He's our guest. Steve, you have a question for Jared. <laughs> I'm just wondering if you. <laughs> Sorry about that. If you hear from any other people besides me, by any emails from from the Carol Center when we were there, like whoever, all the people that were there with us. Um,
1: I'm trying to think. Uh, not, not really. Not yeah, anymore. me
6: neither, so <laughs> it's a shame. But, well, we can all get together someday and have a reunion, I guess. There
1: you go. I think one, it uh, it sounds like, you know, I think sometimes the Commission for the Blind is a good place to learn about. Um, it would be nice if we could commun- like all figure out how to work. It sounds like some of you guys work there, so. Uh, in getting technology cheaper and that kind of thing. I don't know if they have programs for adults or how that works. Well, they have have some work programs.
7: Charities across Massachusetts that can help.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. In this region, we have the SHARE Foundation.
6: Yeah, okay.
0: They make computers for people with physical disabilities. Uh, Yeah,
7: and with the region, they have um, Memorial Foundation for the Blind, and they... Give money to people mm-hmm. to get computers. It's charitable it's uh-huh. donation kind
1: never- of. And the Massachusetts Association for the Blind too. I don't oh know. yeah, they're good too. They have a lot of stuff going on
6: with with um, charitable helping people out. So there are options, but it's still people don't have to find out about them. So, sure, sure.
4: Anyone else?
0: Well, Jared, I guess there are no more questions. We really want to thank you for coming on the program and telling us about what, uh, your experience as a teacher.
1: Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the invitation, and it was a pleasure to talk to you all.
0: Thanks. We hope to have you back on at
1: another talk time. Thank you.
5: Yeah. Sounds
1: great. Sounds
5: great. Was good. It was very interesting. Yeah, yeah it's good. good to meet you.
1: Likewise. The fifth, and the best of luck to you in the future. Um, And good luck
5: with your teaching.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Take care.